There it is. You feel the bass drop. That means it's time for DLC. And whenever you are, wherever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we are so glad you've chosen to tune in. DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. DLC delivered the way it's meant to be, completely free. And that's thanks to our sponsors this week, Audible and 5-4 Club. They made that possible, bringing the show to you completely free. DLC, of course, the show all about gaming in its many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. That's with two N's and one T. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who, before every episode of our show, always makes sure his balls are deflated. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Uh, apologies if you can't hear me. I, I'm, I'm here in Southern California where it's a blistering 75 degrees. I, I'm, I'm stuck indoors with the sunshine beating down on me. Hey, how are you? Rubbing it in, rubbing it into the rest of the country who's on Stormwatch. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm very excited. we got so much fun stuff to talk about, but we have to introduce our guest who is actually in Stormwatch. That's because DLC, as always, stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh, I'm excited. DLC stands for Director Who Loves Cats. Because we've got the art director and video game writer for Entertainment, excuse me, Entertainment Weekly. And self-professed fan of felines. I got all that from his Twitter page. It's Mr. Aaron Morales. Welcome, Aaron. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and, you know, just proof that, well, flattery pretty much will get you anywhere. So, <laughs> Well, uh, we were very excited to be mentioned in your magazine and excited to have you here to talk games of all kinds. We have a huge week of news. We had big, we had PAX South going on. We had Microsoft's crazy Windows 10 announcement, which has tons to do with gaming. Uh, and we got all kinds of other news swirling around. Um, you are in the midst of a swirling snowstorm. Are you, are you battening down the hatches? Are you, are you worried about that? Oh yeah. I already went to the wine shop, so I'm pretty much all set. Um, so you got wine. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we wish you it's, luck. It's really coming down pretty hard. So I might be stuck in, inside for the next couple of days. Crazy, crazy. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's get right to it. There is a ton of news, so let's get to story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. Of course, the part of the show where we make our case for what the most important stories that happened this week in the world of gaming. Lots to choose from this week. Aaron, as our guest, uh, you will get first pick. Of course, as listeners to the show, you're able to submit stories to us for our consideration by using our hashtag, that's D-L-C-S-O-T-W, or by visiting uh, visiting our subreddit, that's over at reddit.com slash r slash 5x5DLC. I, uh, I'm very curious as to what you're going to pick today, Aaron. What's your story of the week? I cannot look past the, uh, Microsoft HoloLens. Like, yes! Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that was going to be yours and I, I have to take it because I can't think of talking about anything else. Uh, it's such a crazy, weird, big announcement. You know, we've been wanting to see what Microsoft was going to do if they were going to enter into the fray against, uh, the Morpheus and, uh, the Oculus, and uh, they're definitely doing something very, very different and very interesting. Yes, if there's any chance that any of the listeners missed this announcement, it is 
what Microsoft is calling a mixed reality device, not a virtual reality device. Uh, it's, it's kind of augmented reality. The idea is these are standalone glasses, goggles that you will wear that are not connected to any other device. They don't connect to your PC. They don't connect to your console. They are a standalone product and they are transparent. So you actually look through the lenses and see the world around you, but that world has an overlay of graphics that are computed in real time and take into account your actual environment, the geometry that you're actually dealing with in your your room. And then we'll create a a virtual mixture of those two worlds. So what they were showing off were all kinds of crazy applications for this, one of which is gaming. They showed uh, Minecraft, which is now a Microsoft joint. Uh, they showed Minecraft, you know, taking place on a table in your house, uh, breaking through the wall of your room, and you can peer right through it into the Minecraft world. They showed ways to help you uh, over Skype, like fix a faucet so that you can have someone on a tablet point out certain features of something and then that will appear in your view in the real world on that thing you're looking at. They showed NASA applications. They're going to take this thing and actually let NASA use it. NASA is going to be using it functionally for their uh, Mars programs. But end users were shown able to walk around on a virtual Mars uh, environment. This, I think, is is a huge, huge, huge thing. I am over the moon, uh, <laughs> and I suspect that, Christian, you and I are going to have a fight about this, are we not? You think it's as lame, and it's going to be like Connect. Am I, am I right in predicting that? So, when I saw the announcement, I tweeted out that if this thing works as demonstrated in this video, this has me far more excited than Oculus ever got me excited. Um there's a website called appleinsider.com and it used to be Apple Leaks and now it's more and more and more of an Apple fanboy website. But they had an article up about this after it was shown, showing why this is just another Microsoft product that's going to basically be a piece of crap. They're, they're making the <laughs> argument of the fight for me and they go into all sorts of humorous things and also I think somewhat funny and true. I'll point out a few. They call it holograms when nothing in this thing is a hologram. There, there's no hologram. It's not that's a hologram. Just, that's just Mark from marketing doing his magic, man. That's all that right. is. It's, li- it's lying. Um, and then it talks <laughs> about what you mentioned uh, about using the headset to, t- to fix a faucet. And what they wrote about it is, if this woman can figure out how to use an augmented reality headgear from Microsoft, I'm pretty sure she doesn't need a man telling her how to tighten two coupling nuts on a piece of pipe that only has two coupling nuts on it. <laughs> so that's that's snarky and hilarious. I know. Ha, then, ha, well, ha, no, but well, the other things that it talks about is um, it shows a professional you know, woman using this thing and you're using a low res display to show highly detailed plans instead of your 4k or 5k monitor that she has sitting on her desk it shows someone then interacting with the device uh, by using their hands and snapping their fingers which unless this thing is better at tracking than connect why wouldn't you just use the high-tech razor mouse that you have on your desk like the promise of this thing is cool the the reality of it super skeptical well super skeptical but everybody who has had hands-on, I wasn't at the event. I wish I had been. But people who have been at the event say it is extremely impressive, that it works, it works right now, and that they were they felt transported into another place, that it, it really does 
deliver and that the, there wasn't a lot of lag and latency, that it was able to pick up their finger gestures. It, it works. Aaron, you and picked this as your, as your, uh, your story of the week. So tell me, are you excited about it? Do you want to own one of these? Are you jazzed or, or do you, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely curious. Like, I, I think that they definitely do have a lot to prove because, you know, I have a connect and I hate that thing. I feel like I'm just yelling at it all the time and it doesn't listen. It's like a terrible toddler, you know? And, uh, I think this has, <laughs> this has some promise. Um, but yeah, I haven't had, uh, you know, my hands on it yet or my face in it or whatever. And so I would definitely have to try it on, you know, and I, I've gotten to try both the Oculus and the Sony's headsets. And I, I thought they were both impressive in their own ways, but obviously this is doing something different. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how to fix a faucet. So that would actually be quite helpful. I, I, I'm really, truly, I think this solves so many of the problems that virtual reality has you're not going to get the nausea issue that oculus has struggled with so far you're not going to get that weird isolation feeling where you know you're sitting in your house and you're playing a game and someone can come in and and take (laughs) take your you know your stereo and leave without even you knowing (laughs) you know you're you're not detached from the world you're present you're there it it is extraordinarily exciting i think the the non-gaming applications are really really interesting and much i think the idea uh, we've talked about before of using the oculus to you know virtually walk around Paris because you've never been to Paris or testing out a, an apartment that you might want to move into halfway across the country uh this is better because you're not going to have to detach yourself from the actual place that you're in but having said that this is a gaming show and we're talking about gaming and i think Gaming wise, this is just as exciting as Oculus or Morpheus for me. So tell me why. Okay, let's say taking away skepticism as to whether it will work. If it does work, Christian, is this thing is this thing greater than regular gaming? Is this greater than Oculus? Where does it fit for you in anticipation? So yes, if it if it works, it's greater than Oculus and uh, Morpheus for me in anticipation for gaming because from what they've shown, it looks like it should be able to be 100% Oculus if you want it to be right. Like you can take your field of vision and obscure your entire field of vision with a TV or with a screen, right? And then you have full Oculus and it has the tracking and the movement and you have that awesome experience. Or you could create, there already are some AR games. A lot of them are not great, but so this has full Oculus potential and it also then has a whole new world of gaming of AR gaming. Like imagine playing like that leaked Super Bowl commercial of the, you know, the Pac-Man around LA. You could play a game like that with everybody wearing these heads up displays where it turns your friend into, you know, a demon from Doom and you're chasing that person or whatever you're doing. And that to me opens the door for so many more gaming possibilities than just tethered to your computer that Oculus and Morpheus do. I'm much more excited for this. Aaron, are you, I mean, do you look forward to the day that we're all walking around with our dorky headsets on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little skeptical about that. Like, I don't know if, well, this one is more appealing to me because like you said, it leaves your view open. But uh, the idea of, you know, sitting on my couch and, you know, I can't see anything around me is just, it seems a little absurd at this point. But um, 
So I don't know. And also I, I wear chunky hipster glasses and like, I don't know how friendly <laughs> these things are going to be, you know, it's like, I, I can't see without them. And I feel like when I, whenever I try them on, you know, they're crushing my glasses against my face. I can't help but think that, that this is obviously the 1.0 of this thing. And, and if, if it works great, if this is the product, I'm excited for it, but I can't help feeling like this really is that science fiction idea, you know, I, I'm imagining, why do I need to buy a computer monitor? I can have six computer monitors. If I just put on my headset, why do I need to buy a new picture on my wall in my apartment? You come over to my apartment, put the goggles on and you'll see, <laughs> see the apartment as I want it to be, not as it is. Right. I like, walk into Jeff's apartment and I'm like, why do you have porn all over? Oh, that's still my hollow lens. Sorry. Let me. <laughs> I forgot to switch over to the oops. <laughs> Uh, but you, I mean, porn in this thing would be insanity. I don't even want to go there with that, that discussion. But the, I mean, the idea that virtual items can be as valuable and sought after and useful as actual items. I mean, this makes that a potential. Like, I don't want to go off the deep end here, but I'm kind of going off the deep end here. Like, this is, to me, it's, it's what virtual reality needs to be to integrate into the real world. Like the fact that you're not denying any of the actual geometry, the fact that you're actually walking around a real space. I mean, imagine if this thing is truly untethered and we get to a point where we can just put these on and walk around the park and you can have outdoor environments that people program with certain adventures and all kinds of things. It it, it really is a fascinating, exciting potential future. No? And if you could put, uh, you know, item, like virtual items on real objects, like I have two cats sitting next to me and I'm thinking cat armor, you know, like, there you go. There you go. It's like, I mean, that's great. Or cat with human face. <laughs> I mean, do you think, do you think this will, so they said that this will come out during the windows 10 life cycle, which if past windows life cycles, past recent window life cycles are any indication that's pretty soon i mean put a year they're saying on 2015 what? they're saying a 2015 product well from what satya nadell said evidently this was supposed to have shipped with xbox one this was going to be a gaming only peripheral and then satya nadell saw it and said whoa 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 we're aiming way too low here this isn't just a gaming device this is a an entirely new kind of interface and we gotta you gotta blow it up and and make it much more than that and that's why it was delayed so it evidently is very close to being ready for prime time. Um, and you know, I'm, I, I would love to see it in 2015. If so, it could really beat these true VR goggles to the market. And that would be a real coup as well. What's your, for both of you, Aaron and Jeff, what's your day one price point? If this thing works better than connect, but a little less than their promo video, like everything, like, the iPad isn't as versatile as Apple makes you. They like put hot coffee on it and they're like, it's perfect. So reality, real expectations for usage, but pretty much works. What's your day one? I will buy one price point. Aaron? Oh, I would probably spend 500 on it. But I, I, yeah. is that crazy low? Like, is it, is it going <laughs> like, is is to cost like, you know, $2,000? Like, I have yeah, no my, idea what something like this is going to retail for. I, I would, I, me personally, I'm so jazzed about this. I would probably spend a thousand or more on it. I think that would not, it would not be the mass market device that it needs to be to catch on at that price. I think realistically, the price of an iPad, you know, it needs to sort of sit around there. Uh, I think it needs to be four or 500 bucks 
max in order to to really take off. But if you're talking about it being a standalone system, it's it's its own system. There, you don't need a computer, you don't need a console. You know, I think it it really is in the market of an iPad or a laptop or a you know, it's it's a computing device. It's something that that you buy in a box and you take it home and you put it on. It starts working theoretically. What about you, Christian? $500. That's where I am. And, and I think that that means that I won't be Gen 1, which I'm okay with. Uh, um, I think that I would love for you to buy this at $1,500 <laughs> and basically beta test it. And then I'll buy the Halo Lens Air <laughs> or what? Like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way I'm buying an Apple Watch when that thing comes out. No way. But I look forward to everyone else buying one so that I can get the Apple Watch too. Um, but yeah, they really need to hit under a thousand dollars i think for this thing to be um wide stream wide stream mainstream success but i i love for you to buy one and i will come over to your virtual house every day and look at all your van goghs and everything else you have <laughs> got another van gogh let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just have a watermark of getty images on it Jeff? <laughs> no reason no reason just bought it um <laughs> Uh, so here's the million dollar question, Aaron. I don't know how jazzed you are for for VR in general, but if let's say Oculus and this come out same day for the same price point, and you're only able to buy one of them, which one of them would you rather have? Uh, I'm medium jazzed about the whole VR thing. So, um, gosh, I mean, I, I feel like. I am more of interested in like the gaming specific for this and less in the other stuff. And I, 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 and I didn't really see much other than the kind of Minecraft like, like demo that they showed. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really see my, I don't know what gaming would be like for this. So I, I, I would lean towards Oculus at this point because I think it is, you know, very specifically targeted at, as a gaming device. Um, and I I don't want to play Minecraft with, on my (laughs) coffee table, on my coffee table, you know, so right. I, I, I would kind of lean that way just as far as the pure gaming application. But what about playing Minecraft on your coffee table with a Van Gogh in the background? <laughs> <laughs> and cats with armor. There you go. Cat by. armor. Yeah. That, no, I mean, I mean, gotta... it's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, I just want to see more, I guess. All right, Christian, what about you? I know, I know you're, you're Gen 2. You're uh, let the patch come out before I get suckered into things. You're not uh, jumping in on day one, but if you could only have one of these two technologies, which one would you prefer? I would I would prefer the HoloLens because I, I think that you could expand, like I said, expand the field of view to have it 100% be an Oculus. And also it solves the problem of when Oculus, you can't see your hands. Or here I could have essentially my entire field of view, you know, be this gaming interface and be having that Oculus experience but then if i needed to be able to see my hands and interact like i think i would want to play minecraft on my coffee table but still with the controller and with with the hololens i could do that i could have it out there but i wouldn't need to be like snapping and clapping and um minority (laughs) reporting to put things up i would still use my xbox 360 controller because it's a great controller um if i had to do one it would be hololens I, w- I would I would say that I I don't think they're going to have a situation where they will ever expand the field of view and have it become a, a a full VR device. I think they really do want to separate themselves from that entire market and, and carve out their own niche. And, and I don't think this device is ever going to be compatible with a true VR device. 
Uh, and what actually, if I have a really a really big wall in my house and I want to put a really big virtual TV in it? Doesn't that then become a VR device that obscures my vision? I don't. I mean, I guess, but I don't think that that. I, I mean, if you move your head away from that television, it's not going to continue to obscure your vision, right? You're still going to see your your sofa and your armchair and your cat with armor on, right? It's not going to. I think the, I, I think there'll be software for this that will rectify that. It, that that's my faith in this thing. I just don't think that they want to be in that business, and and I, actually, that gives me a lot of hope that Oculus will continue to be it, it will be compatible with pcs and they will be two different kinds of experiences that i will be able to you know turn on my windows p- machine and play with my oculus but put on my put on my hololens and have, walk around you're gonna have a bat cave where instead of having each suit of armor in a glass case you're gonna have mannequin heads <laughs> with your three two three four five different head pieces all around and the great and thing will be them- when you put on the hololens it'll actually look like the bat cave Come on, dude! This uh, is I can't wait come for you on. To buy these. This is the greatest. I'm. I am. I. I understand people's skepticism. Everything I've heard people say it works already, and and I I get the fact that technology promises big and often under delivers, especially when you look at the use case for the connect The connect does work. It's not that it doesn't work as advertised. It's voice commands are spotty at times and gestures can be a little off, but it does work. And I think that for me, the more exciting thing is even if this is released and it's a little, a little less smooth than we all want it to be. It's the beginning of something. It's the beginning of something in the way that Oculus is the beginning of something, but they're not the beginning of the same the things. It, the way PlayStation now is the beginning of something. Now it's okay to get excited about the beginning of things, Jeff. I'm on board. But that's the beginning of things that you already <laughs> played 10 years ago. This is, uh, we're not going to retread that argument. Um, I mean, I could go on and on with, the, I, I feel like this is something we're going to be talking about for a long time. I feel like it, it has so many ramifications as far as the strategy going forward for Xbox. It has so many strat- uh, ramifications going forward for what, what it means for, for Oculus. Like, do, do they now have a, an onus on them to be completely decoupled. Do, do you, if Oculus is released and it has a big cord coming out of it, is that less than because this device does not. I mean, there, it really is, you know, we talked about our big predictions at the end of last year. And I think I was the one who predicted the fact that Microsoft was going to be doing a, you know, goggle, some sort of VR device. This is so much different. And I think it really throws the gauntlet down in such a big way, especially if it beats those other things to market. It's huge, huge news. And it's clearly, clearly the story of the week. Although Christian, what is your story of the week? (laughs) Well, I really wanted to get excited and we can, we can jump. Well, this would be good. I think we can jump into it here because I do have something I want to kind of talk about, about streaming of games. And this is more from the Microsoft press release or, press conference, whatever they had, um, where they announced the integration or the next step, or is this Marvel's phase three for Microsoft and PC gaming? Is this phase three, phase two? I don't know where it is. They did games for window, then they rebooted games for window, but now their, their new thing is Xbox integration more so where on your PC, you kind of see all of your games in the sidebar and you can stream games from your Xbox One over to your PC or to your Windows 10 tablet. And that got me really excited. To me, even with Halo Lens, Halo Lens, Hollow Lens, 
that was going to be my story of the week because I, when this news was coming out, I was like, finally, I would definitely buy a Windows 10 tablet for this to take with me on the road if that meant i could play you know my sunset overdrive or forza horizon 2 or whatever any xbox one game anywhere over the internet i thought that was incredible and then of course more news comes out and it's right now local wi-fi only so just in your house Mm -hmm. but i and i still think this is a great first step and it's something that Vita Remote Play was doing, and I, I love seeing Microsoft get into this, but the bigger question I have for both of you is, do you think that this style of gameplay, that streaming gameplay, will this change how games are made and how we play games, kind of in the way that iTunes and Spotify changed music, where people don't really buy an album anymore, you buy the song you like. And, and a couple episodes back, back where Alex Burr was talking about he'll go back and play the train level from Uncharted and then play his favorite level from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Are we going to enter a world where that is gaming? Or if you can pick up and stream and play from anywhere and anything where there's not a game anymore, it's just this awesome train level, you're going to listen to Shake It Off only and not listen to the rest of 1989? Is that is that where gaming's going? Or are we, is that so far-fetched that I'm an idiot? Well, I think, I think you stopped one one step even behind where the music industry has gotten right. It, it, when, when we were, you know, about well, five or 10 years ago, we were the, the kids of the CD generation were shocked because, Oh, you don't buy albums anymore. You only buy songs, which is what you're talking about. But we're past that. Now, nobody buys anything. Nobody buys music. They just stream it. And I think that might be where this is headed in the sense that you don't even, ju- you don't even buy games anymore. No, you don't own games. You just stream them when you want to play them. That might be where we're headed. I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely looks like things are going that way. And I'm, I'm kind of on board with it as well. Um, you know, I got both the uh, Xbox One and PS4 at launch, and I filled up the hard drives before we hit the one-year mark. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, these games are so huge, and the idea that you could just, just stream them without any kind of download... Um, I think is really appealing. Um, I've been playing around with the NVIDIA Shield tablet, which is the tablet for gamers, which uh, is actually a pretty cool little Android uh, tablet. And uh, they're, right now, they're, you can uh, use their grid. It's called Grid Streaming Service. And they have this whole, you know, and they're older games, but they have a, a good 30 or something games that you can just totally stream. You can even plug the Shield into your TV so you can play it big screen. Um, you know, I've been playing Batman Arkham City because I love that game. And when it works, it really works. But also, you know, I live in New York City. And when I go to my to look at my wireless networks, there's like 40 that show up. So yeah. sometimes like my Internet's terrible. And, you know, I have a I bought the most expensive, best researched, you know, best reviewed router I could find. And I still feel like I'm battling with it constantly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like it's like, you know, Netflix streaming. It always works. And that's great. I don't know, like the, it, it might be different with games because of the whole like input latency and stuff. So I, I don't know. It, it's definitely appealing as long as you have really good broadband. Yeah. I think that the, the reason it switched over for movies is because the experience of watching something on Netflix became virtually indistinguishable from watching something on DVD. You know, there's still Blu-ray is still looks a little bit nicer, but Netflix has gotten to the point where you're not you're not slumming it by streaming and when that becomes the the you know the thing with video games if if 
it's virtually indistinguishable from owning it and having it locally on my hard drive to streaming it, then it, it really becomes a moot point and it only becomes about convenience. And when convenience is the only determining factor, it always wins. Streaming always wins because that's way better than waiting to download it, ext- install it on my hard drive, all that stuff, go to the store and buy it and bring it home. That will never win in a convenience war. So that's really where we are. I don't think that we're there yet, but but we're going to get there. I mean, that's just a matter of time at that point. Um, there's a lot more to this Windows do 10. Do you think, though, that that will... Go ahead, Christian. I was going to ask if you think that will take us to a place, though, of more scatterbrained gaming, the way that, you know, you'll watch one episode. You might binge a whole season of House of Cards, but you might also watch one episode of that or then pick up some old cake boss because you haven't watched that. And so for I also, it's funny that Aaron brought up Arkham City. I jumped in and played that on PlayStation now because I could and it was there and I love that combat. And I just didn't care to really experience the story, but I just jumped in and beat up some dudes and had some awesome combos and that was good enough. And I'm wondering if if gaming will go that, that way, where these experiences need to be shorter or more fun or more immediate. And games like Wolfenstein, a game I loved last time, would struggle because of that long prologue type intro. Or a game like Dragon Age, which won a lot of people's Game of the Year awards. If games like that will become even more niche, because what you need is that short attention span gaming and that comes to console and pc too of just this immediate pick up and play fun where these big triple a experiences need to need to deliver the repetitive fun the way mobile gaming strives to do right now and i meant phone and tablet gaming by mobile well i mean i I think you're right i think we're already there i think it's happened there you know there's already immediate you know, pick up and play stuff on mobile gaming. And there's already, you know, a giant Steam list of games that offer that. So we're there already. I don't think that the desire for AAA long narrative experiences is going to go away because people dig that stuff. So I don't think just because you're able to jump into something in the same way that just because you're able to jump into a television series doesn't mean that you don't want long, interesting narrative in television series. Um, I think I think it's a hybrid between the two analogies of music and and um, you know television film, something in between. Uh, right, and and like you said, you know you you'll st- you still binge watch an entire season of a TV show, so that would be a similar thing to like playing a whole you know ten hour game or something. Yeah. Like I think you'd still want those same experiences. Uh, there's lots more to this Windows 10 Xbox Live functionality story and lots more stories to get to, but I do need to thank our first sponsor, Audible.com. Gosh, I love it when Audible sponsors the show because I get to tell you about the audiobook that I did. <laughs> uh, traveling in space. This is so cool. I did an audiobook. I'm very proud of it. I didn't write the book, but I, I did all the voices. There's over 40 different unique character voices that I did. One, one me, one me did it. Um, and I'm super proud of it. Everybody who has read it so far has been really, really positive, or at least I haven't heard the negative. Um, and the cool part is that it's available on audible and audible is the place to go. If you're looking for audiobooks. if you're looking for great 
audio entertainment, long form, the way to keep up on your reading, the way to be able to do things, multitask, and still listen to books, because Audible is the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. They have information and educational programming, and they have tons of fiction and nonfiction. The content from Audible is downloaded and played back on your smartphone, your portable device, or your PC. You can Listen to over 150,000 titles. They have so many to choose from. All the biggest books that are out right now. Uh, I've recommended so many to people. The Martian's there. It's a great audiobook. Um, Station Eleven is there. It's a great audiobook. But why not try my audiobook and listen to me uh, be silly with crazy alien voices? It's a really cool story. It's about first contact with aliens. It's called Traveling in Space. It's by Stephen Paul Leva. The, the way that you listen on Audible is so easy. They have free apps for your iP- iPhone, iPad, Android, or Windows phone. You can download and listen to them on any of those devices or on your Kindle Fire. Over 500 different MP3 players they support. And unlike a streaming or rental service, you own your books with Audible. And you can listen to them anytime. The cool thing, too, is they have WhisperSync for voice. So you can switch back and forth between reading a book on your Kindle or the Kindle app and listening to the audiobook. You never have to try to find your place it knows where you left off. It'll pick it right back up. You can listen while you're exercising or doing housework. It's great. And uh, we're going to give you, we're going to hook you up. We're going to hook you up with a 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook of your choice. So I'm not even asking you to pay for my book. Look, just try it. Traveling in space, man. It's I'm so proud of it. I worked really hard on it. And uh, it's a really cool story. It's, it's funny. It's humorous. But it's also poignant and touching. It's all about these aliens meeting humans for the first time. We're going to give you a free audiobook of your choice. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash DLC. You can get started today. You'll support our show if you go to that URL, audiblepodcast.com slash DLC, and sign up. And it's free for 30 days. So you get that free book. You get a free 30-day trial. You can try it out and see if it's for you. I really love Audible. I've been using it for years. I have, I'm addicted to audiobooks. I use them actually as a motivation for exercising because I don't let myself continue listening to the book I'm listening to unless I'm running or doing some sort of exercise. So I have it as an incentive. It works great. Again, audible.com, excuse me, audiblepodcast.com slash DLC. Check it out. Um, okay, guys. So. We talked a lot about the streaming aspect of Windows 10, which is pretty amazing. It's 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 going to be able to stream to any Windows 10 PC or tablet. Um, but the integration of Xbox and Windows 10 is pretty deep. It's basically going to be seamless. Now, this is really interesting to me because if anybody is uh, is an old fogey like me who remembers the launch of the original Xbox... Well, that is exactly the opposite of the messaging that Microsoft wanted at at that time. They really wanted to not make the Xbox seem like just a PC in your living room. They were very worried about people just thinking, oh my gosh, it's from Microsoft, it's just a PC, yada, yada, yada. No, no, now we are in the opposite place. They really are making very little difference between Windows 10 on your Xbox, Windows 10 on your phone, Windows 10 on your PC. It's all going to work together. You're going to be able to play with people and chat with people on whichever device they're on. If they're on the PC and you're on the Xbox or vice versa, it'll all work seamlessly. You'll have your friends list going across. You got game DVR. You can you know record something that you played on your Xbox One, record it, uh, edit it on your PC, upload it onto Xbox Live. 
Aaron, do you think this is this is a positive thing, or do you think it muddies the water for for the Xbox One? No, I think it's absolutely positive. I always thought it was so bizarre how segregated they tried to keep, you know, their game service and their other game service. Like it makes no sense to me. And the, you know, I, I actually am not at all a PC gamer. I've never had a PC gaming rig. Like I'm a Mac person, art director, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm kind of missing out on that. But once I saw this, I was like, ooh, you know, I've started looking at things like, hmm, maybe I should yeah. get like a, a PC rig because uh, the idea of, of this, you know, Xbox tech coming, I find pretty intriguing. What do you think, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all great. I love integration, and I, I would love the fact that there were more games like um, Fable that will be linked, synced, cross-bide. However, they're, they're kind of being a little cagey about it right now. More ga- we're, trying, we're looking into that. They did a, a little uh, impromptu Twitter, Twitter Q&A the other day and there's stuff like yeah that's one thing we're working on but i love the idea of it all being seamless and integrated and i mean it's what i've talked about a while for wanting in tv and i think it's great in games too where you just play a game and it doesn't matter what system you have it on if it's steam or you play or origin or windows you just see all your games and you launch them or xbox and you get to play them that's awesome and i really 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 hope that the integration runs deep and is seamless because that that'd just be fantastic. How could you not be excited about that? Like who who poo poos that? Who's yeah. you know, I want it more segregated. That's silly. <laughs> uh, Space Bob in the chat point at, points out that Game DVR has been on PCs for a while, but Pastor Matt uh, also points out that now that it's so integrated and all you have to do is press Windows G, it really makes things easier. It's not it's not just going to be able to record Xbox games you're playing on your PC. It's going to be able to record anything. So even if you're playing in Steam, it's just easy. It just makes it easy, integrated, and part of the fundamental workings of your computer. And the fact that Windows 10 is going to be free for the first year for anybody that has 7 or 8, that's, uh, I mean, I just... I think this was a home run as far as excitement, as far as kind of speaking to the to the to the needs of what where Windows was after the mess that was eight. And, um, you know, I think really the only negative that you can pull out of this are people that are just inherently skeptical of Microsoft based on track record. I get that, but it just feels like you got to give them some credit for for really speaking to all of the stuff that we're worried about, especially as gamers. This feels like, yeah. All those missteps of games for Windows and yada, yada, yada. It feels like this is finally just do the thing you've been doing on Xbox over here. We're finally doing it. So I I wish, though, they had picked a different game to kind of launch this. I I can't imagine anyone is excited about playing Fable Legends like cross platform. You know, (laughs) I got to say, I played Fable Legends at E3 and I really dug it. I thought it was. cool. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, I think it's a it's a weird use of the license in a lot of ways. I think it um, it may have been a stronger may have had stronger resonance if it was a new IP rather than using that Fable IP. But it really is a a cool game as far as a multiplayer sort of MOBA esque shooter. Um, it, you know, it's, it's fun. I had a good time playing it. So I'm, I'm hoping that it does well. Um, so you guys all know my story of the week was HoloLens. I'm like, I just, I'm so excited about this future that I get to live in. Like how great is it to be alive right now with all this cool tech on the horizon? Uh, but if I had to pick a, a secondary story. If there was, if this hadn't happened this week and there was an, you know, there was still my story of the week to be selected. I would have to choose the fact that at PAX South, we got the announcement of Bard's tale Four. 
The Bard's Tale, the first Bard's Tale, was really the first PC game that completely hooked me as a as a young kid. Uh, my friend Patrick and I used to play it in my dad's office uh, on slumber parties, and we just had such a great time. And it really was the first game that captured my imagination and made me think that there's all these worlds inside this computer that this computer is the gateway to all this fantastic storytelling and and wonderful infinite possibility and the idea that uh that bard's tale 4 is gonna happen that brian fargo is making it my only fear is that it won't capture that that spirit that it will be it'll try to be too new and too modern and too different i really hope it's it, it feels more like what they did with divinity original sin in in being an homage to old school type mechanics. Um, what do you guys, what's your take on Bard's Tale 4 being announced? Excited? Uh, I'll let Chris, uh, I'll let Christian take this because I have a huge blind spot for all, like these older PC games, like never having really had a gaming PC, even when I was a kid. So I'm just kind of going to smile and, and listen politely right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is great news, right? And it came out at the perfect time and venue at, a, at PAX South and that's a you know it, it, it those types of events really are rallying points for this type of either indie or old and forgotten type of event like this getting announced at e3 would have been drowned out no one would have paid attention to bard's tale 4 i think you're right the way to do it is to either do you know like an updated grim fandango take not I'm not saying update Bard's Tale to make it Bard's Tale 4, but putting spit and polish on that style of gameplay. I don't want Bard's Tale reimagined to like finally Bard's Tale for 2015. That I don't think that's what fans of Bard's Tale are looking at. What worries me a little bit is the the component this will be crowdfunded as part of the launch, which has me a little hesitant because I don't know if everyone else likes Bard's Tale like you and I do. And I hope that this game comes out and I hope that if it is crowdfunded that it's successful uh, so that I can see the game, but I don't know if it will be a huge crowdfunding success the way some others have. So that part makes me nervous, but updated visuals and slicked up gameplay, I want to say, or I don't know quite what the right word is refined. I want it to feel old, but with all of the beauty of new. And I think divinity did that. Well, I think shovel Knight did that well for that 2d platformer mega man. So hopefully they can take that approach and apply it to bars. So that'd be a home run. That's why I'm encouraged by it being crowdfunded because it feels like oftentimes when these things are not crowdfunded, they're serving a different kind of master and that master wants things to be comparable to Skyrim or whatever the, uh, the big hit du jour is rather than understanding that the, these old mechanisms that may seem outdated can still work and can still be fun. And I'm, I'm hoping that because it's crowdfunded that that will bring some, courage to the designers to still keep it grid based to, you know, I think in a lot of ways, one of the reasons I loved, uh, the legend of grim rock, uh, this, uh, grim rock two, I should say, uh, this last year. And it was on my, you know, top five at our end of the year show was because it was reminiscent of those old bars tale games. I mean, it was still different in a lot of ways, but I hope that it feels more like that. And I think that there are more of these kinds of games happening on steam. There are more of these kinds of games happening because they're crowdfunded, you know, even his own company, exile entertainment, excuse me, in exile entertainment, uh, is doing wasteland too. And, and they're supposedly making it, you know, very 
much like the old wasteland. So I shouldn't say supposedly they are. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this gives me hope that Bardsdale 4 will be the spiritual successor that I want and have been dreaming about for years. Um, other news, there is uh, a new expansion announced at PAX South for Guild Wars 2. I suspect of the three of us, I'm the only one that played Guild Wars 2. Um, the thing that's interesting to me about this announcement is how they continue to fly in the face of expectation when it comes to uh, MMOs and the, all of the rhetoric that they're, they're surrounding this expansion with is that there is no, uh, new, uh, limit. There's no new, um, uh, level cap raising. This is not how most MMOs operate. The new expansion raises the level cap, gives you new items that are better than the old items and moves you far farther forward and up that ladder. No, not with Guild Wars 2. They are very much not doing that. They've uh, introduced this mastery system, which gives you points based on uh, achieving certain things and doing certain quests that you'll get to apply in certain ways. But there's no new le- level cap and there's no sort of upward progression. There's a more of an outward progression, which I think is so interesting. And I give them a lot of credit for that. Um, what's your take on this news, Aaron? Uh, what is the Guild Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. Fair that enough. is definitely it's just the kind of genre that I don't even you know, it's like that when you go to PAX and you see this, like the biggest crowd of uh, of people is for a game that I've never heard of because I don't have a PC. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm um, just going to have to sit here again. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Christian, are you uh, are you ever pulled to, to start a game like this? I mean, this is there's no there's no monthly fee. You just have to buy. It's actually a massively discounted right now. Is this ever tempt you? Yeah, I. I'm a um, big fan of the Guild World, Guild Wars. You think I couldn't talk in the morning. The later the day goes, the harder it is for me to talk. The Guild Wars model, Guild Wars 2 model of of MMO. This was the game that, well, one, I was in their launch commercial. (laughs) Unbeknownst to what the game was. But um, this is the game that actually got me really interested in thinking I would jump into an MMO. My problem was that my Mac is just also mostly used for video editing. That said, I love any time a traditional genre, someone comes in and does something different, especially with this game coming out around the time that Star Wars was still getting a lot of the mind share and people talking about it. And I feel like, does anyone play Sweater anymore? Do we hear about it? What is it? When is it? How is it? And Guild Wars 2 is still chugging along and they're still doing new i feel like guild wars this is a horrible analogy but we're going in guild wars 2 is the t-mobile of mmos they're trying (laughs) really hard to be the uncarrier and some of it is really dumb and other parts you're like you know what i can't wait for the bigger guys to steal your ideas this is great (laughs) i don't know man i think they're pretty big i think you're you're not giving them enough credit i think guild wars 2 does very very well they have a very strong community of people and i think this expansion is going to only reinforce that Uh, i think you underestimate them a little bit i don't think that they're just a a tiny guy um oh they're not tiny but they're not Verizon. they're not wow right well nobody's wow um speaking of people Speaking of people who aren't WoW, uh, surprising no one, Elder Scrolls Online now will not require a monthly fee. Um, 
and will be still coming out on the consoles. So that gives non PC players like you, Aaron, a, a chance to maybe <laughs> jump on this game if you're so inclined. Um, the thing that bothers me about this kind of news is when people are like, oh, you, you know, who had six months in the pool? Uh, I, which I read, I think, on our site. So apologies to our fan who wrote that. But it bothers me because this is the natural cycle. There is nothing embarrassing about them going buy to play instead of monthly fee. Like that's I feel like that's the normal cycle of these games that for a while they require a fee and then and then they don't and that revitalizes it's the, the community. Circle of MMOs. There you go. Yeah, it's just like Elton John something, said. Something. The early people pay money. Is that how it goes? Well, maybe. Are you um, going to use those for bumpers, Jeff? Are you going to use any of those songs I did? Just, bumpers? just, just in my personal life. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think this is a good thing. I was a huge fan of Elder Scrolls. I know it's not a game for everybody, but I thought Elder Scrolls Online was was a excellent, really interesting story based MMO. I'm very excited to go back to play it again because now I don't have to worry about feeling stressed about paying a monthly fee. And I'm excited about this, the new patch that's going to add all kinds of new things and change things up. Um, I, you know, I love when the fee goes away. I don't think it's something that's like, Oh, well, look at that. We all knew it was going to happen. Well, yeah, but that's what happens. They launch, they make some money in, in one way, then they change things up to make some money in a different way. And it all keeps trudging along. No, see, no, 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 it's, it's not, it's not that simple. It's kind of like the same problem that PlayStation plus has had for indie games where you just assume that it's going to be free for PS plus at some time. So you don't buy it up front, even if you're fairly interested in it because you're already playing for PlayStation plus. So why pay up front for this game? And so if a game guild war or guild wars, um, what is this game called again? It's Elder not, Scrolls uh, online. Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say Morrowind. Um, if you're excited about Elder Scrolls, but kind of excited, it's not as if you were just paying monthly up front before. You also had to buy the game and then pay monthly. And it, it well, is you still kind have to buy the, the game. Right. It's an early adopters. How excited are you? How much money can we pull from your pockets? And then having it go free to play is, is somewhat an admission that this early model isn't supportive for them anymore and they need to expand their player base and everybody else sitting around saying uh-huh it worked and so it's hard now i think for new gamers to get excited about it because the people that were paying have either dropped off because it quit being fun for them or they've moved on to other things like you or they're a little bitter because they were paying this whole time so you don't have this core base that's super excited championing this thing saying like yes aaron you need to play this game when it comes out on consoles it's so fun you say yeah i had a good time with it and i'm excited to check it out again that doesn't make aaron want to buy this game versus all the other games that are coming out that have the hype train and full support behind them this thing is limping away to die and i think that's the message that it sends especially because if, if that they're not up front with it when the game launches Right. If they were confident in the style, they would say, yeah, it's going to be a monthly fee for the first six months. After that, it's free. Well, why why do they have to say that? I mean, who who cares? I mean, I think that I I, I completely disagree with you on this. I think that if you're excited about this game and you are fine paying the monthly fee, you're going to hop on when it comes out. You're going to play it. You're going to have a good time as I did. And a couple of months down the line, just like you would with any other game, if, if it loses your interest, you move on. Then you cancel the monthly fee. Then later on, if it, you know, if you didn't, if it didn't keep you paying that monthly fee later on, when it goes free, you get a chance to revisit and come back and have fun again. Conversely, if you're a person that was intimidated by the monthly fee or, or put off by the monthly fee, then you didn't have to 
purchase it then. You can wait. And oh my gosh, look, your patience is rewarded. You do get a chance to experience this game and uh, see why people jumped on in the first place. I don't, I don't understand what's bad about this. I don't, I don't think it is going to die. No? Aaron, what do you think? Uh, Sell this for us. uh, It doesn't sound like a a bad thing to me, too. I I can't look at it, you know, not having to pay a monthly fee as anything but a good thing to get more people to check it out or invest it. Like, I would never, like, I I am never going to pay a monthly fee to play an MMO. So just, you know, just blanket. Like, it just isn't going to happen. So the fact that it is switching to a free-to-play model, uh, you know, well, I'm, like, 10% more interested in checking it out. I still won't, but, you know, like, I'm much more likely to. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of, of this announcement from Ubisoft? Uh, they announced a game at PAX South called Grow Home. It seems like a, a really interesting experimental game about climbing with all kinds of um, a procedurally generated animation. Got a cute little main character named Bud. He's a robot. Uh, they said, hey, guess what? We have this game and it's coming out in two weeks. Boom. Beyonce style. Drop the mic. Um, I'm, I love this. I love the idea of announcing something and have it come out. Obviously, this is a smaller game, but Aaron, is this, is there a chance that this could be a bad thing for them? Or are you excited by the uh, Beyonce style uh, album drop? I'm, you know, I'm mostly excited that Ubisoft is giving their, uh, you know, their, uh, developers who you know turn away on sequel after sequel like the chance to do these smaller games uh like last year we got uh valiant hearts the great war and uh what was the other one child of light you right. know and they were not your typical you know they, they didn't have assassin's creed in the title which is like almost unthinkable or like a number you know right. far cry Four and you know whatever a billion so i think it's like really great that they're giving their designers like a chance to do something that's out of that grind. And I, I believe this was why the team that did the crew, is that right? Yeah. And the division, I guess uh, you make a great point here. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. It, it, I guess it was only eight people who made this and it was a side project and yeah, kudos to them for encouraging that and putting it out. I love, I love everything about this. I'm hoping the game does well. And I know Christian, you're always a big fan of the hype machine and marketing and all that stuff, but this is uh, the opposite of that, right? This is, Hey, it's it's almost out. We didn't tell anybody about it, but it's almost out. Well, this would get lost in the hype machine and the marketing, right? This isn't the rallying cry. This isn't the game. And this summer, you'll finally be able to grow home. Dun, 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 dun. And it's like the little guy climbing up the vine. Like, that's not, that doesn't get hype. But it's great. I love games like this. I think Ubisoft is at its best when it does, or currently at its best when it does games more like this than promising the division won't be broken when it comes out and then it's broken when it comes out i think to some extent you showed this awesome thing and then you play i mean we talked about that back at e3 how we loved how some of those games were available today mic drop and that's awesome especially when it's a small little game like this that people get excited about and then can immediately play i think entwined was that way at sony's press conference and then um what did microsoft have they had something too i don't remember what it is but i love that that's great yeah uh, all right. Well, we're going to wrap up uh, the story of the week segment. Move on to the um, the uh, the playlist. But first, I do have to thank our other sponsor, and that is Five Four Club. 
I'm excited to talk to you about 5-4 Club because my 5-4 Club package arrived this week and I got to try it out. So what is it, 5-4 Club? Well, it's the solution that I've always wanted because I hate shopping. I really genuinely hate shopping. It's I find it mind-numbing. And I tend to go to the store and start trying things on and then like just hate the process and abandon it and leave and frustrate my wife. 5-4 Club is the solution. It's shopping without ever having to leave your house, and it's out without even having to browse online, because I find that mind-numbing, too. I can't just browse stores and, oh, look, that shirt looks kind of good. No, 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 no. They got you hooked up. 5-4 is this cool contemporary apparel brand. It's based out of L.A. It was founded in 2002, and 5-4 Club takes away all the stress of shopping. It's It's specifically for men. They give you awesome clothes. They hook you up with your own stylist. So what you do is you pick from three different profiles, t-shirt and jeans, dress to impress or business casual, and you select your preferences. Then you, those get logged with a stylist who picks out all the stuff that's going to be in your package. All the clothing is designed in-house so that no other company offers that same stuff. So you're not going to look like 1,200 other people walking down the street. And for just 60 bucks a month, you receive 120 bucks worth of clothing. That's awesome. They make size exchanges free and easy, so you don't have to worry if, if it arrives and it doesn't actually fit. All mine did fit. I'm going to tell you an honest-to-God true story. I swear I'm not exaggerating this. I got my first box. I opened it up. I pulled out some of the clothes and I, and I wanted to try them on to see if they fit. So I put some stuff on. My wife comes walking out of the bedroom and sees me in the clothes and goes, wow, those look awesome. W- when did you get those? I was like, oh, it's this new sponsor for my show. And she's like, those are awesome. I'm not making that up. I am not making that up. I was like, honey, can I quote you? Because that's, <laughs> that's like exactly what they want you to say. But you just legitimately said it on your own. Uh, they gave me uh, some of the stuff they gave me. They gave me these, these cool pants. Um, they gave me uh, a couple of uh, sort of tight fitting striped shirts. They gave me this, this thing that was like half jacket, half sh- button up shirt that I'm calling a jacket. Um, but it's awesome. I've been wearing it all week. I wore it to my play every, uh, all week. And people were like, oh, that's cool. It, it's stuff that I would never buy on my own. I don't know. I'm not cool enough to know that that looks good until it shows up at my house. I unpackage it and put it on. Here's the coolest part. Because you listen to our show, we're going to give you a deal. It's DLC, so we give you a DLC. Go to get54.com. That's G-E-T-F-I-V-E-F-O-U-R.com. And use our promo code, which is DLC20OFF. So DLC20OFF. And you'll get $20 off your first box. It's awesome. Also in the box, they show you what you would have paid and what you did pay. And it's, it's so inexpensive. I got so much stuff for 60 bucks. It was, it's, it's great. 54club.com. So go to get 54.com and use that promo code DLC 20 off DLC 20 OFF. And we'll hook you up. We'll give you $20 off your first box. I guarantee uh, you'll dig it. It's cool. It's very, very cool. All right. Let's move on now to the playlist. Playlist is the part of the show where we talk about what we have been playing this week. What is on your playlist, Aaron? I just got my hands on the new Nintendo 3DS XL, and so oh. I've been uh, putting that through its, uh, the paces, and I have to say, it's a really lovely piece of hardware. Um, I did not have the regular 3DS XL, I, mm-hmm. so I I think part of that is just having the bigger screen for me because you know I came I was coming from a regular 3DS, but um, 
yeah, I'm really liking it. Like I'm fondling it right now. And it's just, uh, it's really solid. Like the screen looks great. You know, it has the improved 3D. Um, I don't know, like a lot of people just did not bother with the 3D because it was so, you know, you just slightly tilt your head and, you know, it would completely make you cross-eyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this has the stabilization and it, it actually it seems to work. Yeah. yeah? Um, I'm pretty impressed so far. Like it's definitely worth And I, I actually like, I've always liked the, the 3D effect in games, but, you know, would get so annoyed when, you know, I'm like banging on the buttons and it would glitch out. So yeah. I'm, I, I think I think people are going to dig it um, and maybe actually use it again. That's exciting to me because I, I agree with you. I was always a big fan. I always cranked up the 3D when I was playing uh, 3DS games, and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, this is game is a barf." Oh, yeah, okay, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, this game is a barf. You know, so um, I'm hoping that that it uh, alleviates that problem and also just the the ad- added size for my big old man hands. Um, you're finding it more comfortable as well. Yeah, yeah, it feels. It, I think it feels great. You know, I'm I'm playing uh, Majora's Mask on it right now, and uh, it's great to have the little C stick, which is a little. It's, it's very strange the way it feels. It does feel almost like a, I don't know, like one of those little nubs that's on a, a laptop. You know, yeah, right. Um, that you use to scroll, and uh, but it it is quite responsive. It works well. I, I can't imagine like playing a dual stick shooter on it, but um, for as far as like camera, as far as it actually functioning as Nintendo's version of a C stick, I think it works pretty well. What do you think, Christian? Are you gonna are you gonna pick one of these up? I can't. I can't do it. You gotta do it though. It's a thing. You have to buy it. Not when I'm saving up fifteen hundred dollars for my Hololens after you <laughs> pay two thousand for yours. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I I like that it's. But a think of how iteration. cheap that makes all the Van Goghs you're gonna get. <laughs> right total investment um i i still think new 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 i don't know what to call it newer newest the newest i I think there's something bigger newer and shinier from nintendo not too far away and my old ds's 3ds's 2ds's ds ds's are will chug along just fine all right uh, yeah, I have to say, I, I don't feel like it's, you know, a significant jump. I think it is if you have a regular 3DS, but if you already have an XL, I don't know if it's going to be enough to, you know, warrant trying to upgrade. Oh, what about uh, Majora's Mask? Are you, are you digging on that? Yeah, you know, I actually never played Majora's Mask. I somehow just, I, you know, it came out pretty late in the N64's life cycle. I think I'd already moved on to Xbox, the original Xbox or whatever else, PS2. Um, so I, I missed that one. So I just started playing it yesterday, and I, I, it's, it's really interesting. It's very different for a Zelda game. I, and I, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who probably missed that one. It's kind of like the weird, yeah. you know, the, the weird offshoot of the series. You know, it's so rare that you get two Zelda games on one hardware generation, mm-hmm. and you know, and this followed up the you know absolutely classic Link. Uh, sorry, Ocarina of Time. So uh, it just it's it's strange, but I think it's a great that they're redoing it it looks fantastic um you know it looks way better than it did on the n64 obviously but uh they, they seem to have sped up some stuff too because i i had watched a friend play it and it was kind of a mess but um mm. yeah i'm i'm really digging it it's different it's 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 and it's nice to have like a meaty zelda to to dive into right now anything else on your playlist um yes what else oh yeah I've, uh have you guys checked out the resident evil re remaster no, I, I've heard kind of not good things about it. Are you are you liking it? 
You know, it's interesting. Like, I, I am enjoying it, but uh, again, I skipped the GameCube remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I never played it, so I'm, I'm kind of coming to it from, you know, having played Resident Evil 1 in 1999 or whenever it came out. And uh, it's, it's really interesting to, to see how that series has changed. Um, a lot of things that it does, you just could not do today. People would freak out and revolt, you know? <laughs> like, right. Having to search for just the most absurd things around this mansion that it's, it's such a relic of its time, but I I have pretty fond nostalgia for it. So I actually am quite enjoying it. Um, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, if you compare, you know, in my head, I'm seeing resident evil original, you know, like three character, like three polygon characters. And it looks quite amazing compared to that. Um, Maybe I should give it a shot. I, I was a big fan of Resident Evil. I mean, that was one of the those original PlayStation franchises that was just so close to my heart. So maybe I should give this a shot. Um, I don't know. Maybe I will. Christian, what's on your playlist? Yeah, so, well, quickly on re-remake, I haven't played it, but I played it originally on GameCube, and it was incredible. So mm-hmm. if this is half of what it was on the GameCube game, I think it's totally worth playing uh, it was an amazing remake at the time and if they just tweaked it and you know touched it up a little bit a little nose job here or nip tuck there I, I think it's highly worth your time if you're look if you if you liked that game it's um something definitely to check out i took the plunge on the playstation store had a flash sale and they had that 10 percent off for like three day coupon or whatever going. So I doubled down on those and I picked up shadow warrior on the PS4. Do you remember, do either of you remember shadow warrior originally? Give me a hint. <laughs> three round. So that's a no shadow nope. warrior is shadow warrior is to Duke Nukem. Hmm. Um, it's 3d realms originally. And it was nineties PC first person shooter, comic book racism but like meant to be tongue-in-cheek and like his name is is was it wong or wang i always forget um but it's that kind of thing right where it's cheesy references um unfortunate and not funny asian stereotypes um and even more less funny now they tried to update it and be tongue-in-cheek and self-referential with it but still sticking to its 90 it's it's just it walks this really weird line now this the the new one of being like we know this wow this was a 90s relic look we were insensitive this is bad but they still kind of do it but they're doing it while saying like oh we were idiots then but look at this look at this dick joke (laughs) yeah kind of like it's still it's still bad um but i paid five dollars and 40 cents for the game so worth it (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 interesting when when you start the game it shows you the original 3D Realms game and it's you know Duke Nukem 3D it looks like that and I think they do that because the new one doesn't blow you away with its visuals but especially coming from Far Cry 4 or Assassin's Creed Unity or something or uh, even Call of Duty the new Call of Duty looks phenomenal but coming off of a 90s 3D Realms game to the new Shadow Warrior, you're like, hey, this game looks great. <laughs> yeah. But it's super, it's super that style of shooter. And I think if you can get it cheaply, it's worth checking out if you have nostalgia for that style of shooter where you doesn't tell you where to go all the time. It's pretty linear, but you kind of, one of the things you have to do is find find a door. Like, that's your mission for a level. And it's 
wandering around level design that in no way helps you and you kill dudes and then you find, find a door. A door. It, yeah. it, it, is it let me let me guess, is it is it on a wall? It, it is, but where is that wall? <laughs> Dang it, it. Where, the wall might through a, be through a bamboo forest maze, which is hard to navigate because is that an opening? I don't know. <laughs> what it does do well though. Is it, it? It's so you have a samurai sword as you did in the original, and then you have Uzis and guns and stuff too. But for a first-person shooter, or first-person, I guess samurai, the sword combat is pretty good. You can block if you swing at the right time with other dudes with swords, and it's fast-paced Duke Nukem style, twitchy that speed of a PC shooter. But I like games that have some working semblance of a first-person sword swinging. And it's fun. So for $5.40, I've played maybe three hours of it. Totally got my money's worth. I doubt I'll play more than that. Like that to me, that along with, I also played, like I mentioned earlier, Arkham City on PlayStation Now. And those two experiences are what got me thinking about streaming, where I just want to dive into a game for a little bit, experience it, and think, this is fun, and then I'll probably never touch it again. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad I didn't pay $30 for it. But if I had a subscription... Right. I could pay $15 a month and toy around with that. And I think I'm not alone in that I like trying games or buying games <laughs> and not fully playing them, as we talked about last week with everybody's Steam Till You Die collection. <laughs> we can never finish all these games, but we right. want to sample them. And you think that that is as impactful and amazing as having a game in your living room? I get it. No, I get it. You think I don't that is know, but... being able being able to not play games, being able to just dabble. You think dabbling <laughs> is as important as being immersed in a 3D world that surrounds you and engulfs you and transports you to Mars. I get it. No, that's equivalent. Well, it can. I look forward to you putting on your head and then your eyeballs bu- bulging out as you go as you get transported <laughs> to Mars. Uh, if only give me the total recall full immersion game. I'm in it. I'm in it. Um, okay. <laughs> my, my playlist, uh, I, a listener recommended a game to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I finally got around to, to trying it called Lords of Jumlia. Uh, Jumlia, uh, spelled with an X X U M L I A. It's a steam game. And this is another in the, uh, sort of Jeff Kanata specials that seem to be right up my alley of like old school mechanics, but done in a new school way. Uh, so this is actually this weird mashup of old, like, Pools of Radiance era, top-down D&D, you know, uh, isometric perspective, old-school PC RPG with old-school Japanese role-playing game, party-based, turn-based combat. Uh, the, the combat in Lords of Jumlia is really interesting. You get into this... You get into this first-person mode, so you walk... Let me back up. Forgive me. Let me back up here. So you're wandering around in this isometric perspective. You are one little guy, and you're wandering around, but your one little guy is actually six people in a party, right? So it has that conceit. And you're wandering around, and you're picking berries, and you're, uh, you know, exploring and finding things, and then you sometimes can walk up to monsters that have little areas of... Uh, aggro that if you wander into it you'll start a fight and other times it'll have that old school japanese rpg thing of just sort of wandering into an invisible monster that is randomly there then a fight starts 
And you are in this first-person perspective where you're looking at all the monsters and you have two rows of both them and your party. So you have a front row of, of your melee guys and you have a back row of like your casters and archers and so does the monsters. And you can swap positions of your characters in combat at any time. And the, you know, the guys in the back can't, you know, can't swing weapons and hit anybody. Uh, and the monsters can't swing weapons and hit the people in your back row. And you also have on the right hand side of the screen, this order of attack that is based on initiative that is reminiscent of really one of the greatest Japanese role playing games of all time, in my opinion, Grandia 2. And why we haven't had a new Grandia game announced, I will never know. Grandia 2 has one of the greatest turn based combat systems ever made in my opinion um anyway it's sort of like that where you're trying to you're kind of messing with turn order and trying to prevent people from attacking and and get your guys to attack before they can so all of that is well and good and fun uh the graphics are um a little simplistic the gameplay is a little clunky movement speed is a little weird and herky-jerky uh the game doesn't really click for me as much as the games that I've raved about like um, Grimrock and um, Divinity but there's a lot of really fun stuff there it's deep I've only spent a few hours in it so far and maybe it'll click more as I get into it it's very strict it can it has really big difficulty spikes that are kind of old school feeling and it's very strict when it comes to your food your guys need food constantly and if you wander too far into the wilderness without food, yes, you can find trees that have berries on them that'll help you out. But if you don't, you're kind of screwed. You guys start dying because they're hungry. So that can be frustrating. Um, although, you know, there's a realism there that's compelling and interesting. And it and it really causes the, you to plan ahead to be able to venture out on your adventure and, and not get too far away from food sources. I, I'm digging it. I'm going to play some more of it. But it, um, it didn't capture me in the way that uh, some of those older throwback games have. But it might be worth a look for people that dig th- those games that I referenced. Again, it's Lords of Jumlia, X-U-M-L-I-A. It's on Steam. Uh, the other thing that I've been doing this week a lot, because Heroes of the Storm went into closed beta, and they are selling access to the beta i want to get your guys's feedback on this uh aaron what do you think about a game that is free to play that has been an alpha and i've been playing it for a year now other people have been playing it for a year now there's a lot of people who've been waiting to play it and they're offering this 40 dollar bundle of characters that you would have to pay for if you wanted those characters in the game but if you buy this particular 40 dollar bundle gets you access to the beta. Do you think that's kosher? Or there's some people it's, on Twitter that were telling me not, not cool. It's, it's weird, right? Like I don't understand any, any, any of the way that any of these like PC MMOs work. Like I, what is Blizzard doing? I have no clue. Like that's so bizarre to me, but, um, I, it, it is, is this because it's early access? Is, are you basically paying for early access? Uh, well, in a way you are, I mean, you are, the bundle is, it, you know, somebody that already has access to the game ha- is offered the same bundle. So 
That bundle actually is a discount on the actual in-game items that you get. Characters to play as, mm-hmm. some some gold, in-game gold, and some outfits. And I could buy that right now, and, and it would still be a deal for me. It's a discounted price. Somebody that doesn't already have access buys that, they get into the game. So in a weird way, I'm, I'm guessing most of the people that are buying it now are buying it to just buy access to the beta. Right. And, you know, if that's worth it for them, then that's great. Uh, you know, I, I think people can decide what's worth their kind of spending their money on. And, you know, if I, if I was excited about something, I'd spend, I'd make poor decisions as well. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, we all yes. do it. Um, I don't know. I, I have a feeling um, Christian might not like this. Christian? No, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's, it's hard to tell someone that's excited about something and that thinks it's worth $40 that they're stupid for spending $40. I think it's super smart on a business side to say, Hey, we have people that are clamoring, tweeting at us every day, hitting up Reddit to find alpha codes. Well, let's make some money off of them. And I think, I think the way that they're offering it as characters, is a nicer way to do it than just they could have very easily charged forty dollars just for a beta key and people would have bought that i think that would have been the disgusting like oh i can't believe we're doing this route but the way that jeff can buy it and get those same characters as you and i could buy it and get those characters and beta access i think that's actually a pretty community friendly way to get hardcore fans into this game and to expand the player pool as they continue to test this game before it's you know final quote-unquote release yeah, I don't have a big problem with it either. Um, I, I think it's a good way to let people choose to join up. Um, you know, I, I can understand someone on the outside being frustrated that they're looking at a, a, a dollar sign as the gateway into the game. But, but yeah, you do get ga- in-game stuff. I don't know. The other issue I'm dealing with uh, for this game is that now that there are a bunch of new people being brought into the world... There's been this, you know, this kind of small community, and I started out as a complete noob for not complete noob, but mostly a, a, a MOBA noob, and have played countless hours of Heroes of the Storm over the last year, and you know, I've gotten pretty darn good at the game, in my opinion. Um, now that there are a bunch of new people joining up, uh, th- I spent the last week jumping into games and introducing some of my friends that I was so excited that they're finally going to be able to get a chance to play this. And they decided to pay to get in. I was like, Oh, I'll be your, I'll be your Jedi master. I'll be your, I'll be your tutor. And I, I've turned into the guy that I didn't ever want to be. <laughs> I turned into the guy who has very little patience and just like, just, just, you're not doing it right. You're uh, okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to go play with the people who are already good now. <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy, guys. I didn't want to be that guy, but I'm, I've become the guy that I hate. What do Wait, I do? Oops, connection error. I guess we can't play. Gotta go. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be that. I want to be the patient, kind, welcoming. No, it's cool. It's okay. It's your first game. But when we're getting our butts kicked and getting slaughtered all across the map and people are doing the stupidest things and and using a mechanic on the map that they don't know how to use and doing it wrong and wasting our time and getting us killed it's like get out of here you hear that dan go back to directing hollywood blockbusters (laughs) get out of jeff's video games (laughs) what do i do guys i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be that guy you might have to get better friends. I don't know. Set up a Patreon, <laughs> right. and for 
<laughs> be, become a paid coach. Then you'll be like, oh, this stinks, but I'm making money. So, oh, you know, if they pay I don't be that $40 guy. to get the game, it's another $20 to have Jeff teach you. No, I'm not going to. No, <laughs> I just. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so easy to forget when you were when you were new and, and, you know, you've kind of gotten used to certain people sort of understanding the mechanics and knowing how to behave. And there's such a reliance on knowledge of, of, I mean, it's like going, it's like going onto the basketball court with somebody and passing them the ball and then they double dribble. And it's like, you can't, you can't do, you can't do that. Okay. Do you not know anything about this? Did you not, you came to the, you came to the court without knowing how to do that. I know. I know. I've become the guy I hate, guys. I don't, I don't like well, it. The hard part about these games is that'd be like doing that on the basketball court against another team, right? Because you, you are, it's live fire. You're in this thing and you're playing it. You can't have a practice with a coach and four other dudes and, you know, your coach is out there telling you what to do. It's, well, hey, let's play this game and we're going to do bad for a little bit. Well, they do have co-op mode. So you, they do have play with your friends against bots and you can pretty much wipe the floor with the bots because they're pathetic. But that becomes not fun after about two games of that. It's like, okay, well, let's jump back. Let's get the, I need my juice. I need my, daddy needs his, daddy needs his, his juice. He needs, needs to get into the real game and some real action here. You know, um, it's like playing poker for potato chips. You know, it's like, well, it's fun for a while, but at a, at a certain point, let's play for money or let's not play at all. People. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what you've done, maybe unintentionally. You've made me just as uninterested in this game now as I have been every other MOBA, because <laughs> while it's apparently the easy one to learn and get into, what you're saying now proves that it's not. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's not a good or bad thing, but I'm just saying, like, I think that's interesting, right? Because apparently this still has a kind of steep learning curve to get in and start having real fun with, and... I I don't know. Maybe will any MOBA ever overcome that barrier? Because I don't want I don't well, want to spend four hours gaming with you and be crappy. Also, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I think that would be frustrating for me as well. And then yeah. he'd hate you too. So I mean, <laughs> more than I already do. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm you know I'll keep talking about this game because I'm literally I'm so I'm so hooked on it. I'm so hooked on it. It's uh it's quite fun. And the fact that there's a new a whole new uh, bunch of people playing it. It's it's quite good, and I've I've been encouraged also this week with how many people have tweeted me and said uh, they were listening to the show and have heard me talking about it for the last year and and now are in it and said, "Oh, you're you've been so right, you've been so right. It really is great." So I've appreciated that feedback as well. Uh, all right, guys, we're running running out of time here. Let's uh, carve out a little bit of tabletop time. Tabletop. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about word games in tabletop time this time. It's a, it's something, you know, people, everybody knows Scrabble. People play words with friends and Scrabble. Uh, people play Boggle. Those are games that people know people aren't intimidated by. And there's a whole world of those kinds of games, uh, in the sort of, designer gaming community as well. And it's something that I don't think I've ever really talked about on this show, but it's certainly something I love. I love playing Boggle. You like Boggle too, right, Christian? Um, as long as my wife's not playing, I love Boggle. She is amazing at Boggle, and I am very mediocre. 
Well, I got a game for you that sort of combines Boggle and Scrabble with um, adding a little bit of craziness. It's a game called Kerflip that uh, I just got recently. And uh, the way this game is played is there's a bunch of tiles that look like Scrabble tiles, have little points. On, well, they don't have points on them, but they look like Scrabble tiles. Um, and you, you know, each player throws down a group of those tiles out of a bag onto a board. And they're all, they're all white on one side and red on the other or orange on the other. Uh, and then as fast as you can, after all the tiles are out and have their white sides facing up as fast as you can, you, you yell out a word that uses the letters that are on the table. And the first person to yell out a word gets to flip over those those tokens from their white side to their orange side. And each letter that they use in their word is 10 points. The next person to, to yell out a word can use the same letters in their word that the first person already used, but because they're on the red, the uh, orange side now, they're only worth five points. So it becomes this thing of, do I spend my time trying to create the longest word I can before somebody else does? Or do I just, yell out a short word quickly to use up those letters so that the next time somebody uses them, it's half the score that they would get. So it really evens the playing field from somebody that can, you know, find really lengthy words in groups of letters with somebody that can't, but will find a quick word and say it fast. Um, it's really fun. And then you sort of keep going and you, um, you score that whole round and then you throw those things back into the bag and, ke- and keep rocking, uh, with until all the tiles are used up. There's also little cards that add special things and there's uh, bonus points that can happen. But the basic functionality of the game is say a word as fast as you can, either spend your time trying to make a long word or just use up tiles. And because if I use four letters, I get 40 points. And if you, use those same letters, you're only going to get 20 points. So you have to have a word that's twice as long in order to get the same equivalent score. Uh, it's really fun. And the cool, the little cool thing about it is that the box is built to be completely self-contained. You throw the tiles on the surface that's inside the box and it has this little inlay where you place this, the, this, um, sort of container that will keep all of the tiles for the next round. And then you just shove all those tiles off of the inlay. They land in the box and it, it's no mess, no fuss, easy cleanup, which is great. It's kind of clever. Very, very clever. Uh, it's an easy, quick, fast, fun game that people can, can grab onto really easily. And it's fun for those people that dig Scrabble, but you don't want to get into a three hour long Scrabble game. You want to do something fast and, and make it accessible for a, a larger group of people. Super fun. It's called Kerflip. Uh, I think it's from, um, oh gosh, I don't have it in front of me who it's from, but it's called Kerflip. Does it sound like something you guys would, would play? What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't really play a lot. I have some some friends who are super, super into board games. And uh, I, every year that I go to PAX East, I can't, I, I feel like the board games are taking over, you know, like they're really starting to encroach on the video games section. So I know they're incredibly popular. Um, I haven't really gotten into very many other than like the, the obvious Cards Against Humanity kind of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it sounds fun. I, you know, I like Scrabble and yeah, I don't want to play for three hours. Like 15, 20 minutes sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it plays really fast. And it's good for people who dig Boggle. It's the same kind of thing as Boggle, but uh, it adds a unique twist that I think is uh, makes it makes it a, a, an interesting alternative. It's just something else your wife it. can beat you with. 
Yeah, I just bought it on Amazon for uh, her parents for their birthday. So his oh, uh, upcoming look at birthday. Perfect. They'll love it. Cool beans. We have to let me know how that goes over. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, now there's all this responsibility to make your wife's parents happy. All, all on my shoulders. No, nah, nah. you know, don't worry about it. You don't need to care about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, we do still have the parting gift coming up at the bottom of the show, but before we get to that, I want to thank you, Aaron Morales, for being with us. Um, this was uh, really fun and really, really cool. Lo- love having you on the show. Uh, thank you can, so much. Yeah, where can people see the things that you create? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Airline M. Uh, it's just like it sounds. and uh, Or you can uh, check out uh, EW's website, EW.com. Um, we're going to start doing some more. We actually just got a game room set up in the office, which is really cool, uh, with a TV and Xbox and a Wii U and I'm working on getting a PS4 in there. So we're going to start doing more video stuff. Great. So please check it out. Um, yeah. And, uh, like I said, uh, I wrote that I love this podcast because I absolutely love it. It's been my favorite. Um, I was a big fan of Weekend Confirmed as well. So I was oh, so, so glad to see that uh, you continue to do something. So well, it's been a little we weird really sometimes. I'm sitting it. here and I, I, I feel like I'm listening to the podcast and then I have to talk. It's been very confusing <laughs> today. But uh. the worst, the, the worst part about being on this show is not listening to it. It really, it, it, it honestly, Jeff still bones me out every week. I'm like, oh, new DLC. <laughs> oh, yep. Know what we say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you're still subscribed to it, though, uh, Christian. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I've, I've reviewed it on iTunes. Are you kidding me? I can review my own show? Of course I did. Yeah, I'm awesome. not dumb. I subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Like, comment, above, below. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's the internet. Well, it was a, it was a huge deal for us to, to, to be mentioned in Entertainment Weekly, and so we're, we're very grateful for that. And uh, you've been an awesome guest. We'd love to have you back anytime, so absolutely. Oh, thank Whenever you so you, much. I would love that. Whenever you don't feel like listening to the episode this week, just come on and be with us. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, what's going on with you this week? This Saturday is Trifecta at UCB Sunset. If you're in Los Angeles, it's um, me, Rory Scoville, a sketch group called Big Grande, and one of the UCB house improv, te- improv teams called The Dragons. Um, and then also Dean Del Rey, who I've done numerous shows with, a good friend of mine. He's on, he was on this past season of Marin on IFC. We started a new... It's a video podcast on all things comedy, which is Bill Burr and Al Madrigal's um, comedy podcast network. And the show is bitchin', like, you know, like killer wave, like bitchin' waves, bro. And it's um, kind of like this show. It's caught, you can call in, it's streamed live. You can watch us as we sit behind microphones and talk. And we take every, every single call that comes in. You can dictate the entire show. If you want to call in and talk video games, with me please do it's on all things comedy and we are live thursdays at 12 p.m pacific we did the first one this past thursday and we'll do another one this coming thursday and then my sketch group punch club we started releasing our first video sketches that's online at youtube.com slash punch club sketch we have new videos coming out every wednesday and our first live show is going to be February 20th at the Nerdist Theater here in Los Angeles. Mr. Kanata, how's your play going? It's going well. We had our opening weekend last weekend. Uh, sold, uh, not sold out, but but pretty close. Big, big houses and lots of laughs. People were digging it. It's a big, wacky, silly show. It's called Love, Sex, and the IRS. 
if you are in the Southern California area and you are so inclined, I uh, would love to see you out at the theater. You can find out uh, more by searching for that or by going to norriscenter.com. That's N-O-R-R-I-S center.com. Uh, that's where it is being shown or being performed. Uh, also, we have concerns. We do. We have concerns three times a week over at wehaveconcerns.com. It's a comedy show, uh, 20 minutes, three times a week. Pretty fun. Check that out. And the Slash Filmcast over at slashfilmcast.com. This is your party. All right, guys, uh, what's a fun little parting gift you can give for the people, Aaron? Uh, I just finished binge-watching uh, Transparent on uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, I, had never, I hadn't seen it, and I don't have Prime, and they only make it available through Prime, which is kind of annoying because like, I would have bought it you know, to watch, but uh, they actually made it free on uh, Saturday, I believe it was, for the entire day, and I watched the entire series in one day. It was like 10 episodes, and it's just a, a beautiful beautifully acted show like jeffrey tambor is absolutely fantastic um it was ew's number one show of the year so everyone should check it out it's awesome i went with went to college with one of the writers of that show i'm very uh, happy for him that he's doing so well uh christian what about you what's a good parting gift marvel's star wars number one now that disney owns everything including marvel and star wars star wars is back home at the house of m and don't buy it don't, I mean, if you can if you want, but don't think this thing will be worth anything 30 years from now. It won't. They've printed millions of them, but buy it to read it. And it's really good. It, it takes place between, um, oh man, I already forgot. Is it four and five or five and six? Come on, brain. My brain doesn't work anymore. It's incredible, though. It's, it's OG Star Wars, Luke, Han, and it's written really, really well. It, you jump right in, and I'm super excited for where, for where this series goes. It's awesome. I don't know I'll- if the other of you have read it, but... It, All them awesome. sweet variant covers, too. So many sweet variant yeah. covers. Not worth any money. Buy the one you like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a new Decemberists album out. I love the Decemberists, one of my very favorite bands. And uh, it's uh, great, as usual. Uh, if you haven't tried, uh, tried the Decemberists, um, they're great eloquent, verbose, interesting vocabulary band, (laughs) really cool folksy sound, but just wonderful songs. Uh, and the new album is excellent. I wish I had written down the name of the new album. Uh, I don't remember what it is. It is called guys. I am just stalling as I search (laughs) for it. It's called what a terrible world. What a beautiful world. And, uh, no one noticed that I stalled. So that worked. Um, <laughs> so yeah, check that out. It's, uh, it's fantastic. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks to Aaron Morales and Christian Spicer. Oh my God. I wanted to say this right at the beginning of the show and I forgot our longtime producer, Zach Holder is no longer with us, not because he passed away, but he's he's moved on to bigger and better. And uh, I said that in a much more dour way than I meant to. Um, he's moved on to uh, to move to he's moved to away. He he moved to Florida, and he's going to be uh, starting a new job. And he was here from the beginning of this show. He helped us create what 
DLC has become. He was a source of laughter and uh, positivity and fun every time when we we got on. He made the show sound good. He made the show tight. He kept us on point. He fixed a lot of my mistakes <laughs> over the over the year when we did the show. And uh, man, we're gonna miss having Zach Holder around. Uh, he's still working on Cord Killers, uh, Brian and Tom Merritt's show. Um, so you can, you can still hear his work, his great production work, but we're going to miss having him. So, uh, I meant to say that right at the top of the show, but, um, uh, our best wishes to him moving forward. And we hope we get to work with him again someday. But, uh, anyway, thank you all for listening to the show. We will be back here next Monday and, uh, we look forward to you then until that time. Think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. <laughs>